You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hello. Welcome to Riverdale Gang, the critical commentary watch-along podcast of Riverdale, the show recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territory. I'm Ryan. I am Chloe. And uh, this show's fine. This show's fine. <laughs> this show's fine. This show's fine. Everything's fine. This week was fine. This week was no last week. Yeah. That's my initial feeling. This week was no last week, but um, I enjoyed myself on this episode. What did you think of this week's episode, Chloe? Um, I also thought it was fine. Um, I It was dark, though. Yeah! We revisited themes from last season uh, this week on Riverdale. Last season. Last season? Of uh, the human... Oh, the beginning of the season. We yeah. revisited themes from the beginning of the season from 2018. It's been a roller coaster ride, my friends. Uh, yeah, so human trafficking and child fight slave rings. We're back to that. Yep. Um, and back to G and G suicide situations. Although yeah. this looked like a murder and not a suicide. Uh, I got that vibe as well. Um, we, there's some acknowledgement of Hiram's murder shenanigans that I really appreciated. Yes. We put a lot of cards on the table this week. Um, this episode of Riverdale was um, a chessboard shuffling into place for what I hope will be a good puzzle. By the way, if you feel like you've suddenly gone underwater, it's because Ryan's pipes have decided to sing <laughs> the praises of the show. <laughs> my building is musical, and I have no idea what will pick up on mic or not. Yes. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, there were there were some things I liked about this episode. Um, I, I do appreciate a bit of darkness um, in a show, so I do. Mm -hmm. um, I was a little startled when I saw the guns and when they were mm -hmm. shot at people. Yep. And not just used as threats. That, um, that felt like an escalation. And I think they, and then they acknowledge, they acknowledge in world, this is an escalation. Yes. I, which I appreciate. Um, though, one thing I do want to say about last week is we were noting the um, pretty mm. poison who was, um, Peaches and Cream. Yeah. Who was Tony's potential hookup. Um, she sings on the soundtrack. Really? Yeah, oh, she actually has some. She has some lines to sing in the full version of the song. Um, oh, uh, Dead Girl Walking. Oh, excellent. And her name. She has a fabulous movie star name. Her name is Bernadette Beck. Hmm. Isn't that great. Anyway, Let, let's let's wait for more from Bernadette on the show. Yes. Maybe actually making the cut to not just the soundtrack. Yes. Um, that'd be cool. Yes. So anyway, um, that was something from last week I wanted to bring in, which mm -hmm. I thought was super cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To to be honest, this episode was kind of like okay, we're we're back to Riverdale. Yep. Um. Not not bad, but there was definitely a contrast of tone, uh, a, sh a slight schlump from last week's enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, but that's a hard act to follow. Yes. That's okay. a very that hard true. act to follow. And Ryan pointed out to me that not every episode can be a musical episode because Glee did that and it didn't end well. It did not end well. They, um, they're the hubris of believing you can make all musical episodes... It was tried once. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Um, maybe I'll like the show more on second watch, because my first watch was very much analyze what's what's going on, um, mm. and there were a lot, there are a lot of moving pieces. We actually advanced the meta plot, the overplot, pretty rapidly this episode. Yeah. Um, th this feels like, uh, like a Riverdale-style endgame. I feel the momentum now into the the end of the season, into the climax, into whatever conflict will define this season. Yeah. Um, that pacing is picking up. I think the reason... I think the main problem I've had for this entire season is I just don't love the G&G &G plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we're back at it, a little part of me went, oh my god, are we back? Like, don't get me wrong, I, like, I still like the show, mm -hmm. but... Um, yeah, just haven't loved it. I'm waiting for resolution. I'm waiting to see how it ties together. Um, and uh, there's, I'm putting my trust um, based on two seasons of whodunitism. Um, but I, I'm also harkening back to um, 
Do. Repetitive, the, the pacing. Um, we're back with G&G. We, we've got a, like you mentioned, um, but the, the, the fake out, the, the Svensson, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we're backed into that pacing of just when he thought it was done, um, which I guess is just how they do seasons, maybe. Yeah. Um, looking at, you know, three in a row now of, uh, of that particular, um, Hook, twist? Yeah. I style? know what you mean. Plot? Yeah, but sort of. Thing? <laughs> the thing. Um, We're noticing the thing. That she... is our critical intellectual uh, <laughs> thought on this particular episode. We're noticing the thing. Should we press play and notice more things? I think we should notice more things. I think this is one that I just need to roll with and yeah. see again. Let's do it. Okay, gang. Got your Netflix up if you are a watch-along type, and if not, we're about to say a bunch of things regarding a screen and pictures that you're not seeing. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we're here. Uh, ready on the play, Chloe? So ready. And ba-ba-doom-ba. I started that a little early. That's okay. There's our sink. Previously on Riverdale. Everything is dark. Everything is dark. Fire. Visually, grittily dark. Yes. So we haven't touched on Veronica yet. Yeah, poor Veronica. She's really going through the ringer. This was a very interesting set of decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to acknowledge the the character break, the character shift of from telling Hermione you should probably leave him to desperately trying to keep her family together. Um, some of, some review, some of the online feedback I have read, um, I, in particular, I read a summary of this episode on, oh no, they didn't. Um, there's, I've seen some skepticism, skepticism around Veronica. Um, Hmm. but I really enjoyed this, this take on Child of Divorce. Like you can know you you can know this is bad when you're in it, but as soon as a family starts breaking up as a value, I I really liked Veronica's reaction. Hmm. Um, I thought it was um, a good rich territory to explore, um, and not at all where this the scene we're on screen right now where we're dealing with guns. Hmm. On a, is, a different stress. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of a preview of coming attractions, though, because I just realized they're, like, dealing with trying not to get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and failing, notably. Yeah. Failing. Um, interesting that former Sheriff Keller is now rolling with the train the teenage deputy thing. Um, good move, FP, bringing in some actual professional expertise, because you are not qualified for police work. Nah. FP, yeah. you're just, you're not, you're not, you're not. Well. <laughs> no matter how much you know it from the other side. Ugh. Oh, um, I, oh, right, that's why. I was like, I don't know why Veronica says yes, but then I remember why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I am really liking the presence of Evelyn. I think um, I think she is n- she's managed to maintain um, a big presence, a big personality that's built in every episode. Um, she feels very consistent to me. Um, yeah. They look so funny in this kitchen. Not because they're working class and this is a middle class kitchen. That's not what I'm saying. They're like. <laughs> They, these characters. These characters look funny in this kitchen. They don't look comfortable. Like, yeah. for one, we're all crowded into the corner of the kitchen. We're not using the dining room. We're on the corner of the island. Oh, oh. are we? No, now we're in, we're on the corner of the dining room? Okay. I don't know. But it looked know, for like, a moment cramped. Jellybean took, just took a cue from her mom <laughs> to get her dad out of the room. Yes. Um, I liked that. I liked seeing Jellybean as a player and as a character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see when Jellybean and Jughead have it out. Yeah. I think that might be kind of a fun moment. The The building tension of Gladys and Jughead has been interesting. I, I don't also know what to make that, of it yet. Um, yeah, this is a creepy way to treat your son. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Um, yeah. Wouldn't be the first abusive parent in Riverdale. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Kevin as the tour guide of the farm. I'm actually kind of here for this. I'm actually, like, this is, there's nothing weird about Kevin's behavior right now to me. He's bright and cheery and friendly. Like, he seems happy in his cult. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of, like, obviously we don't want to end with the cult, but it makes sense to me. It doesn't feel contrived. I love Alice's suit, like, 70s, what even. Mm-hmm. Um, did you Her notice something shoot. creepy? Suit. Is that they're all um, painting, like, they're expressing themselves, but they're all painting the farm symbol? Creepy. Oh. <laughs> We're all expressing the same thing. That's not culty at all. We're all expressing ourselves, and it's the same. <laughs> Where is Betty staying? You forsook me. Isn't she staying with Chuck? I guess. Like, they talked about how it'd be weird and awkward, but we see them in bed together later. Yeah. But, or is she staying with Veronica? Oh, right. Yes. I just don't understand where she is, because one parent's in jail and the other parent is essentially in jail. It's like maybe Betty's actually homeless right now. That might... That's a casual thing. Yeah. That... Many people go about their daily lives without giving focus and acknowledgement to while experiencing. Yes. So, quick and easy interview. Yeah, this reminded me a little of the Scientology interviews. Very the much. Yeah. I mean, I've never I've never taken one personally, but from what I've heard about Scientology interviews is what I should say. I went Do to you... I went to try one in first year out of curiosity, um not not necessarily in good faith, but performatively in good faith. Um <sighs> and they didn't give me interview they they sat me down in a dark room and put on a half an hour video of l ron hubbard it was like not not a good cult story at all it was very dull yeah um the very the the lady seemed very sharp and articulate and and intelligent um uh afterwards i mentioned that a few of the principles in the video seemed to align nicely with the basic psychological principles in my intersight class oh, you and you did it i did big mistake no no intentional mistake um because she reacted with uh a, a like oh we have nothing to do with that it it that cracked the shell real quick of polite and professional gotcha um it was a little weird Actually, in retrospect, this was 2007, though, so maybe Scientology has evolved as a cult. Nope. <laughs> Hard no. I mean, as a cult. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, no one can see this, but I just, um, Ryan and I are such good friends that I picked what I thought was a cat hair off him because I didn't want him to react to it. <laughs> and he didn't even acknowledge it or particularly worry about I it. I didn't because... notice. I honestly didn't notice. Well, it was a piece of fan, so it's fine. You're not going to have an allergic reaction. I literally reached out here. Anyway, here we are with um, Hermione's um, life falling down around her ears. And, like, fair enough. I, too, would be nervous if I had married into the mafia. Mm-hmm. And then couldn't really undo that. <laughs> good so, to see Good to see these characters checking in and maintaining their social networks and relationships. Yes. Like... Of all the great ways to sneak some exposition in and some character insight, um, remembering that these children are all friends who talk to each other is significant. Like, I... Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I noticed Fred's absence. Yeah. I want to know when they're going to deal with this. It's starting to get conspicuous. Yep, yep. I I agree with you. I get that. I have Um, a feeling Sorry, go ahead. As Archie is taking in all of these um, persecuted minor child soldiers. <laughs> I mean, they're all his age. Yep. I guess. Oh, yep. Right. <laughs> right yep. They're all teenagers. I forgot. <laughs> Nothing in that makes anything better. Um, Artificial DEA. Yes. Yeah, nothing could go wrong. Great. Perpetuate the war on drugs in your own private way, Jughead. That, that'll that end well for everyone. <sighs> yeah, address the underlying problem, which is... Oh, wait, the show isn't deep enough for that. <laughs> well, they go deeper than ma- many. That's um, true. Glad to see Mad Dog back. Yeah. As apparently a character. I'm bummed that he just gets the opportunity to be the muscle and then be emotional for a second leave i'm I like this mm-hmm. actor is very charismatic yes yes um 
he had much more to do this episode. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Um, they didn't get much new to do. Um, but although this beats, um, this story, uh, felt very real, very tense, very, um, it didn't feel very, you know, extra special episode-y. It felt just like, these are some reasonable character stakes for this guy we met in prison. Yeah. Um, the something bad is happening to me. I have, I am unable to access help or outside support and no one at the jail is telling me what's going on. That, that's a real thing. That, like, I liked that tension in that beats that we didn't focus, didn't melodramatize. We just let be part of this world. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I don't, I didn't really clock that. In an episode where, you know, we're putting the word innocence project into the script, where we're talking about human trafficking. Yeah. Um, there's more awareness than most. Um, I, I feel like this is, this is the first time I've seen a show maybe be, be quite so self-aware about that particular beat of violence, about prison without being about prison. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. That was a pretense to lure you in here. I love I love the way Archie's sitting, but the other thing is that we are now like the children of Riverdale are now Black making me. deals with the government. Governors are elected officials. Yep. Bribing, in fact, committing committing federal crimes, committing significant crimes that that require jail time in a federal prison. Yes. Uh, in in the, the world. Of course, there's a lot of things that require jail time in a federal prison that just get hand-waved. You know, that's kind of a, a theme this week. You're the governor, aren't in... you? <laughs> um, just these two teenagers blackmailing a governor. Yeah. We're good. Casual. There's there's no security. We, of course, he was going to meet with a mob boss, so... <laughs> I guess he was already expecting some blackmail. I'm constantly confused by Cheryl and Betty's relationship. I love it. Every time they do a thing together, they like they use each other very, very much. Um, but I love I love how persistently Cheryl remembers their family. Yes, it's really charming. Um, they're con they're constantly manipulating each other, but I feel like they 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 know it. Like they put their cards on the table face up when they're manipulating each other. Yeah, that's true. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. I so do we think Cheryl actually joined the cult? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so too. You are not immune to propaganda. <clears throat> um, yeah, no one is it seems. One can be completely self-aware when going into psychologically and emotionally manipulative contexts and circumstances and still feel relief, feel catharsis, feel positive emotions. Um, Cheryl joins a cult to go to therapy because this is the first place to offer her therapy, it would seem. Yeah. At least that we've seen on screen. Um, I This felt completely realistic to me. Um, at Cheryl's arc in this. Um, and I, I love this, yeah. uh, I love this moment. I'm in that tight shot, that pull in of the camera. I win. <laughs> this actor looks so familiar and I cannot put my finger on why. Sweet Pea? No, no, no. The, the comic. Oh, comic book guy. The comic book guy. I mean, not the comic, once again, you know I mean. he's probably a Vancouver local. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. I enjoyed this shakedown. Um, it's interesting seeing the serpents <clears throat> succeed in operating as a shakedown gang, as enforcers, as yeah. like this is this is the Jughead who cut Penny Peabody's forearm off, but this is also the Jughead who um, has learned from that. Yeah, he doesn't flay anyone this time. He just casually threatens you. Yeah. Like, I want this him is to a character back growth. to being a lit nerd. <clears throat> He's a lit nerd who sh shanks someone sometimes, or threatens to. I don't know that he shanked anyone yet. Flayed, shanked. Flayed. I mean, it's a very different experience, <laughs> I imagine, for the person who's going through it. Fair point, fair point, fair point. 
Um, yes, I like that she has specifically uh, one that fits in the spider brooch. That was an excellent detail. Yeah, that's awesome. The, of course, Edgar probably knows. Um, amusing that she is watching with an old tape recorder. Like, she's using her mom's 30-year-old kit. Not easily available eBay items. Wireless. <laughs> but anyway. Betty's eye roll here. Sorry. It was great, yes. Um, yeah, Betty and Cheryl seem to understand each other on a really, really fast level. Yeah. Like, they think fast <laughs> together, and I like it a lot. Um, so why does he come in for this interview? Cheryl Blossom. I know, why? Because Cheryl Blossom's a big deal. Is she? Of course. She's the Thornhill heir. She burnt her house down. She's still the, the, the HBIC um, whenever she chooses to be. She starts gangs casually for fun and romance. I was, I was sort of expecting Betty to find Jason's testimony in that box and Cheryl was going to learn something. Hmm. Sort of disappointed that wasn't what happened, but... That would have been the more sleuthy Nancy Drewish outcome. Um, we seem to be leaning into a much more supernatural space. Um, yes. Look at this acknowledgement of Cheryl's suicide attempt a year later. Um, no wonder she's vulnerable to the cult. No one's talked to her about her suicide or arson or violence and misery and grief and to half of her family dying more actually also her uncle even though he was evil and probably trying to kill her <coughs> this cheryl needs therapy yeah and this man is capable of basic empathetic active listening as well as telling her she's great and perfect for a group it's not complicated yeah, you're right. It it's really a, isn't complicated. Yeah. It's really not complicated, cults and emotional manipulation. Oh, man, the food they're eating looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly. Um, I think maybe I needed a bigger breakfast. So baby teeth. Yeah, baby teeth. Like, literally baby teeth mm -hmm. later in the episode. Yep. His his one episode arc. Um, I see why they gave Archie the boxing ring. Like, I, I now see what story they're trying to tell, sort of, I guess, more. Or oh, at least some what? of the versatility of the stories they can tell with Archie's new home. Um, how, what do we think of, like, I can't wrap my head around what Tom safety is doing? and parenting and, like, like, I can't wrap, wrap wrap my head around quite the... Yeah, everyone just kind of rolling with this. Tom um, Keller. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of adults sometimes <laughs> think to themselves, like, well, at least these kids aren't out on the street. Yep. Also, this is mm -hmm. television. Yep, yep, yep. And it's... Just saying. It's not like there aren't groups of homeless teenagers just getting by. Who get ignored by all of the responsible adults in their circle. That's that's I also. I still don't understand. This town looks so small, and yet it has drug trade and gangs. And I guess small towns do have that. Yes. Um. This isn't small town. This isn't. This isn't my small town. This isn't like I. I'm. I'm small town as in like population thirty eight. This is small town as in like population eight thousand. These are very different worlds. Yeah. I love that that FB emerges from there in like a perfect uniform. Yeah. And a tie with yep. a tie clip. I just find that really funny. This this was a sloppy scene, but like I'm I'm here for it. Um the way FP is yelling here feels really like FP's characterization in this episode feels really out of control. Um, yeah. Hmm. FP, That's interesting. I didn't, yeah. I don't find that. Hmm. I don't find that. He just feels like he's put the costume on and now he has to play the role, you know? 
Fair. Maybe out of control, like, I don't feel like the FP we know is making these calls. Like, yeah. it, whether it's the costume, whether it's the fear, whether it's whatever Gladys is unsettling in him, um, FP doesn't feel like an active player right now. He feels like someone who's surviving within a role. Um, as far as, you know, I keep leaning back into the chessboard analogy. It's effect. It's It's convenience. Um, FP was a bishop, and he's not on the board right now. Oh, that's interesting. Gladys, Gladys has taken that piece, I think. Hmm. Um, and Chughead, our, our king, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I wonder if Elio was another, we like this actor, like, um, like the, uh, the, the, um, the coroner, uh, for example. Just those, those actors who, like, drop in, drop a bunch of character, have a great screen presence, and then come back again and again, despite having clearly no reason to. Um, I feel like Elio's <laughs> one of those characters. That was a nice reference to The Sopranos there. Yes. Um, I enjoyed Veronica going in deep here and calling all of her parents hypocrisy. Yeah. All of it. Here are all the values you taught me. Are you going to adhere to any of them? Um... He's clearly given up. Mm-hmm. Mer. I actually, um, I actually like... liked this this arc a lot. Yeah, I Veronica. also feel like Hi- I see Hiram being dadly for the first time. Water under the bridge. But like, Thank he you. feels guilty. Yes, and he tries to minimize it because it. I'm guessing it didn't really clock into him just how invasive it was. You know, having it all thrown in his face right now. I liked it. Yeah. This was a good family fight. Hmm. Yeah. He looks rally around daddy. Yeah. He looks so guilty. It's because he should. He should look guilty all of the time. (laughs) The feeling of having essentially written your family off and then realizing that they that your daughter still cares in all these ways you taught her to what a special guilt like poke right in all the soft bits younger than i thought and hot dad thank you meta cheryl (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love the sweater betty's wearing it's like Mm. crayons but in sweater form (laughs) it's a very ADZ palette. ADZ 90Z. Screen savory. Man, oh. Cheryl kind of hasn't changed in a lot of ways. Exactly. No, that I love this. Because she's still the same Cheryl we met on day one in episode one. Yeah. We just are with her now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know where Tony is in this episode. Mm. I, yeah. Okay. Um... I can always do with more Tony, but I yeah. didn't need, I didn't think Tony needed any participation in just, Cheryl's actions I here. just want to know how she feels about it. Mm. And I, then I want her to run because I don't want Tony to join the cult. Also, if Fangs has joined the cult, why is he still hanging out with the serpents? Um, mm. Did Fangs join the cult? We well, he's pre- in the Our Love is God sequence last episode. Yes, um, but we haven't seen him since. I really think Fangs is conjured into being by singing and only exists when there is music around him at this I guess point. so, yeah. Uh, he's been in a few episodes earlier this season. I didn't quite get the, the fish thing. I didn't get what type of threat this was exactly. Um, my mafioso vo- vocabulary was limited, um, but I was re- I was impressed with um, Hermione, the, this performance, this processing, um, and all of the very s- serious, grave implications. Um, in a show that takes everything pretty lightly, I, I'm grateful to see a character who's anchoring that emotional weight. Hmm. Um, sorry, I'm distracted by the fact that they're standing the way Fred and Archie normally stand. 
Mm. Anyway, it's just interesting how you deal with a sudden hole in your plot, a sudden hole in your cast. Yeah. Um, and and all the things we now look heavily into. Yeah. Here we are. Um, Cheryl kind of shows her hand, and I think, like, Edgar knows that he's being recorded, and that's why he makes a lot of the decisions that he makes. Yeah, she is not subtle here. Um, this is, this is a bit sloppy. Yeah. Uh, of Cheryl. Um, and I don't think Cheryl's loyalty is yet wavering, in, consciously, but I, her interest is, has been piqued before this scene. Yeah. Right? She's leaning into a gut feeling here, I think. Um. He, yeah, I like how he's like, okay, we have to cut to the chase. There's no doing it slowly with this person. Yes, she's a little bit extreme. And as as he, he clocks, okay, so you're baptized, you've already burnt down your childhood. Like, she's, yeah. she's an accelerated program, fundamentally. <laughs> um, I, I love how he says that as if, like, like, he knows Betty's listening, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely, yeah, the way he leads the conversation. Yeah. And then sudden radio interference as we re-enter uh, supernatural territory. Yes. It would seem. So how are they doing it? Are we getting into actual supernatural like territory? Are we finally linking up with Sabrina or is it just drugs? I'll believe it when I see it. So far, everything is drugs always. Everything is always drugs. There's always plausible deniability. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. The show has thrown away this season too many big um, surprise end twists for me. Yeah. Uh, to believe that they're going to hold on to this one until I see it. Yeah. Um, the twist being the thing Cheryl saw in the blue broom closet. I, well, the thing is, we're also getting closer to, like, when Riverdale, like, speeds up and goes... I love that. Did you send dead fish to mom? <laughs> um, uh, like, we're getting into the end game of the season, which is usually when Riverdale really excels. Yes, yes. They tie things together. Um, which gives me hope that we're not going to lose these these um, tension beats the way we did the quarantine, the way we did, uh, well, a lot of this season. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if all of the fake-outs were revealed to be, like, some sort of Matrix situation? I mean, that would take this show in a whole different direction that I'm very disinterested in, I must admit. If this show cracks out of the Matrix and goes deep meta in Season 4, um, I mean, I'd be interested to see their take on sci-fi. <laughs> I don't necessarily mean the Matrix that explicitly. I mean something like that. Oh, like controlling all reality? Well... Like reality like, is broken? Like every like there's been drugs in the water or, you know, something. More drugs! Drugs, drugs, drugs. I don't know. It's just a thought. I don't think it's going to happen. Best um, pillow talk It would ever. be nice if all the big things that they, they sort of dropped, like, came back all at once, maybe. Like, tied together narrative cohesion yeah this is a very creepy tableau yes um we got our bribed governor and we have our creepy perfect readjusted nuclear family and all these flat gross acknowledgements of Hiram that feel actually like what most politicians do <sighs> so flat so flat yeah pretty flat Veronica is living a sad, shallow pantomime of her family life right now. Yeah. Um. Bad dogs recon. I actually liked the sequence when they uh, coming up when they were in the. Is it this? Uh, yes. The, the yeah the the gargoyles take down. I thought this was really well shot. I agree. I really really liked this sequence. I agree. This is well done action. Um. I don't love the, um, like, I don't love the plot line. I don't love the, I don't love... Where it comes from, how it happens. I don't love the context, but I thought this sequence is really, really well shot, really well lit, too. I was reminded very much of, um, the Netflix Marvel, uh, shows, um, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Um, 
in the style of this action sequence, um, the style of this fight. Um, uh, yeah, the Defenders in particular, um, but that wasn't the best of the shows. So, mm. But the style here, the, the superhero, you know, um, it, it being normal for one guy to take out eight mooks, <laughs> little, little details like that. Your mook. Um, oh, I definitely thought that was drugs. That is someone cooking. <laughs> Just cooking. Right. Um, it did, I didn't clock that we are in a residential apartment building while this was happening in my yeah. first pass through. I did not clock that. Um, but tying this to Mad, Mad Dog's recon and... Yeah. Just the fact that, yes, this is... This is stuff that happens in single resident occupancy apartments on the downtown east side here in Vancouver. Is it? I mean, I'm not surprised. And there's a gun! Yep. People cook drugs. People do things. Things are not secure or safe. Fights happen. Yeah. This is also... Some of this is really fun stunt work. Like the, um... Mm. Uh... Archie flipping, um, that fella into the light. Yes. Um... And then later, Kurtz and um, Jughead going through the window. Mm-hmm. All, all of the beats of this fight are very, very tense, very tight. Yeah. Um, in so much that I'm forgetting that Mad Dog was recently pardoned, and the first person he asked for help, in, you know, helped him and gave him a place to live before immediately recruiting him into a violent gang war. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and then criticizes him for taking Elio's money. Like, yeah. Right? Arch yeah. can't have that gang money. So just beat up this gang with me. It's cool. Can we quickly talk about how this like really fun character played by a black actor is just there to beat people up and then disappears? Yep. That is a thing they did. That's a that that's that's the reality of this show. Um, yeah. They gave Mad Dog more agency, I think, more um, yes. more pathos, more motivation this episode. Um, I'm glad he came back. Uh, they have a lot longer to go before yeah. he's um, before he has been well fleshed out. I just think it's too bad. Yep. That actor, I think, would be fun to use. I I enjoyed um, all of his emotional scenes, especially this yeah. episode where he's processing his decisions. We don't really get a good look at Kurtz here. No. Oh, yeah, kind of. Well, how important is Kurtz, really? <laughs> yeah. Kurtz is an interesting character they've thrown in. I feel like they're trying to make Kurtz a thing. I don't know if it's dynamic I care about yet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by the fact that Archie just basically used himself as a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is fine. They're fine. They're not in pain. They won all those fights. Straight out. We're good. Yeah. This is Defenders. And then like, this. this is an awesome shot. I was totally into it. Yeah, it's beautifully done. I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that orange light in the corner. Mm. Kurt's got away. There's there's a lot of pieces on this board that I am less invested in. Yes. I'll say that. Um. Maybe it's like proportions. I was able to invest more fully with one season. Um, we, season two was perhaps tied into building on more. We're putting a lot of offers out here and I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. Yes. The show is, the show is overwhelming me with new things I'm meant to care about, I think. It's true. So this scene is BS. This is not how annulment works in the Catholic Church. Correct. He, what he's done is bought an indulgence from the Pope, essentially. Yeah, but like, you can't get your marriage annulled if it's been consummated. And Veronica automatically becomes an illegit, quote-unquote, illegitimate child, which means, like, in terms of the church, like, she's no longer Hiram's kid. Yep. This, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna address this or deal with this, but... Like, don't get me wrong, I don't care enough about the Catholic Church to, like, be really upset. Veronica seems to. At least yeah. somewhat. Like, we're not sure exactly where her faith is, but... She does seem to reference church stuff a fair bit. Yes, like it's true. part of her life. It's part of her social fabric and structure. Yeah. Um. This is a sweet scene. I feel really sorry for Veronica here. Yeah. 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 
watching, seeing her strategy kind of come up short. Just run out of, run out of road to run. Yeah. No matter what I do, isn't it? Hiram is surprisingly dadly in his own messed up way here. Yeah. He lets her process and face the harsh reality with a little, little bit of kindness. Yeah. Um... So pretending annulment does work this way, I can understand this move on Hiram's oh, part. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, it, he says, like, in terms of our community, your mm. mom's safe kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which which is really what Veronica wanted out of this. Like, that was... That's the yeah. concession prize, in a way. Yeah. She doesn't make a bad point, you know, Jughead. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't get killed if you stayed out of it. Mm-hmm. Why, so why doesn't this happen again? What does she say? I forget. Why, oh, um... Well, but She brings mean, it back to the, to, to, to between them. She, yeah. she pokes his ego card. Yeah. Um... And she also, but she says that Jellybean isn't part of this, which means she's kind of protecting Jellybean, because Jellybean clearly is part of this. Yes. Um, yes. But keeping Jughead's anger and focus away from his little sister makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. This is also a moment where um, Gladys grew up or lived with with an alcoholic FP for years. Yes. She left when her son was essentially a middle schooler and a nerdy, quiet lit kid. Mm-hmm. When she returns, he's running the gang. Yeah. Like, there's some repeat intergenerational patterning and trauma that, like, I think informs Gladys's play here um, mm. and how she's treating Jughead. I, I think there's a, a lot of very legitimate fear um, motivating the hard edge Gladys is taking with Jug. Hmm. Yeah, um, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm enjoying her as an antagonist immensely and her slow build. Um, so, yeah, again, going back to looking for Blossom, hmm. um, I'm really startled she doesn't find one for Jason. Yeah, that's, yeah, and doesn't think of it. She even. Al- and she also doesn't get Polly's. She doesn't. She, she grabs doesn't- two. Oh, I thought she only grabbed one. Yeah, she grabbed two from the first box and then one more to go. Um, so, yeah, I, my read was Cheryl and her, Polly and, uh, and her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Archie, this makes sense. This is the responsible choice. You brought this man into another gang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Mm-hmm. I think... Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. This reminds me of, like, this sort of slightly cheap plot point has a lot of verisimilitude for me. I remember I've read a few accounts of f- folks who have criminal records, who have crime backgrounds, who make decisions like this in order to protect family. And it, like, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. That I'm not saying this conflict is at all unrealistic. I'm just saying that Archie is doing things that are ethically problematic. Yeah, I was just thinking of the fact that it could feel like it could feel like a slightly cheap plot point. You mm. know, a guy just out of prison yeah. does something criminal to keep his family safe. Anyway, it's real. That's all. Uh, here Perhaps we... not as directly as that. Here we see Benny and Veronica chilling out at Shea Veronica. Um, yeah. So confirming that, that she is, it would seem, just staying with V. Yeah. As we do. Or are we at Thornhill? We're at Thornhouse. Thornhouse. Ugh! The lighting threw me. Yeah. Thornhill burnt down. Right. You know what I mean. Yes. I couldn't tell if, for a moment I thought Cheryl was visiting Betty. But I guess Uh, rich people all just look the same next to their fire. (laughs) Yes. Also, Betty... Oh, yeah. Back to where on earth does Betty live? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a moment I thought, oh, we're we're at Veronica's house. No, I was wrong. There's just fire everywhere. Yeah. Um. So how do we feel about this whole 
suggested resurrection stone thing. I think it's drugs. I think it's always drugs in this I, show. I, yeah. I, I'm liking one more supernatural fake out. Um, and I'm willing to bite. But I agree it's probably drugs. Um, if only because that is the precedent that the show is set again and again. I kind of want it not to be. I'm kind of here for... want it not to be. She's wearing a sheep. She's wearing a sheep on her lapel because she's a sheep. That's so... I love how on the nose that is. Thank you for noticing that. Oh my god. Um, and Betty's wearing a key because she's always opening locks. I never noticed, like, the jewelry, like, messages in this show. Other than the spider, obviously. Um... This is really touching and sad, and yeah. and Edgar is a smart, manipulative man. Yep. Um, she doesn't deny it. This, like, I love this honesty from Alice. She's not gonna, she knows when she's not gonna fool Betty at this point. Um, and I liked, I liked that this is Betty's in. Um, I, I liked the sense that Betty is taking a true risk with her own, with herself. And yeah. actually opening her up herself up to this conversation. Um, I feel the tension in this. This yeah. this was a very powerful scene. Is this the old gargoyle chamber? I'm not sure. The I'm door not... looks right, but I'm not sure. Yeah, all of these Church of uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy church sets. Yeah. Uh, because it sort of seems like it might be a chapel, but I don't see the I don't see the tub anywhere. Mm-hmm. But all these votive candles. Are we? Oh, is next episode just like the story of Edgar Evernever? I I, I have no from, idea. From the I haven't seen the previews. Not neither have I. Well, that would be nice. I I I doubt it. But I'd be here for that. I am enjoying the slow, steady reveal of Edgar. Um, he's building very well for me. Defag the wolf. <sighs> this. Ow. Yep, this was a brutal moment. We're back in the game, and it is just as horrifying. But, like, that, or what's left of him is, like, a little little dark, honestly, for this show. Yep. The fact that they both react with the assumption that he's been dismembered, essentially. Yeah. And it makes sense. And then it were proven correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. There's so much with the murdering. This show has so many... And the bloody mouth? ...technically unsolved murders. Like, this is dark. Yeah. Real grim. So this that's is, this is such a contrast to last episode. Yep, yep. Um, I I feel like we're diving in deep, and I feel like we're gonna stay down here for the rest of the season. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm interested in some of the plot points that got introduced last week, though, that I don't mm. see necessarily carried through here, like mm. Veronica wanting to go off to college. Um, what were oh. some of the other ones? I. I put no faith in Veronica talking about college being any more anything more than a convenient lyrics, I gotta say. Oh. I will put that out there. Okay. That just felt like handy timing to me. Not her actual motivations. Okay. Fine. But yes. Um But yeah, I yeah, it feels like we're going to end because we after this we have four episodes left. Hmm. It's That's eighteen, nineteen. Four. Yeah. 20, oh, sorry, we have five. 18, 19, 20, 21. That's, that's actually five. a fairly long stretch remaining. Yeah, so I guess we're not quite getting to Endgame yet. We have, mm-hmm. like, two or three episodes before Endgame. But it, it does feel like we're building towards it now. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we're not... I feel like we're, we're keeping keeping the momentum. We're gathering the momentum right now. Yes. Um. That was, that was an okay episode. It really pales compared to last week. That's how I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Even and after think, second watch. I think that's how we felt. Even though the last musical wasn't quite as well executed as Heather's, I think mm. that, um, I think we kind of felt the same way. I seem to remember some production value style shock coming back into the, the, the um, dark and gritty plot. I wonder if it's... I'm not sure how much of the shock is 
plot whiplash and how much is the thematic whiplash of going from yeah. bright cat musical to stabby stabby defang a, ch- a child i think it might i think it might be um tone whiplash or what yeah. did you say theme whiplash I'm not even sure what Tony I said theme. at this point. All of it. Tony theme whiplash. Tony yeah. Theme. <laughs> Tony theme. Well, I had Tony whiplash in my lack of Tony. Yes. Um, I Not that I really needed to see her kindly supporting Cheryl in her decisions yeah. at every step. That's that's what I think happens. <laughs> um, I, I just... I just don't buy that Cheryl would join a cult. But I guess I do buy that Cheryl needs a therapist. Yeah. Um, and it's cinched for me in the talking to your dead loved ones. 100%. Um, I would be in a cult if I had a resurrection stone. No, no lie. Straight up. I'd be, I'd, I'd be down for signing in blood. Interesting. 100%. Uh, that resurrection stone pull, like, I, I am here for Dumbledore not being able to use it in Harry Potter, as it were. Um, the talk to dead loved ones... 100%. One hundred percent. I I believe it. Interesting. I um. Well, I don't like the conditions in which you can talk to dead loved ones. Like if you could have a resurrection stone that just reanimates dead loved ones, mm-hmm. that would be fine. But the fact you have to go into a creepy room to do it just makes me feel like they should stay dead. <laughs> but that's the that's the point of the Beetle and the Bard story. It doesn't matter the conditions. The brother who is in in, in I, I, this, <laughs> this is Harry Potter Harry, lore, this but has become a Harry Potter podcast. It's fine. But um, he was he was given the resurrection stone because he wanted to see a dead loved one, and once he mm-hmm. had his dead loved one, he wasted away because he wanted he he could never leave her side. He would never break it. It would. It's it's. I mean, it fits that we're in drug territory because grief, as in addiction allegories, I think. Hmm. There's some some shared um, space headspace sometimes, um, but yeah, I I fully believe the um, will do anything to talk to a dead loved one. Hulk. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So I'm intrigued by that being introduced because I want to see where we go with that. Yeah, um, I want the reveal of what Jason said to the cult. I wonder if we're going to loop back all the way to season one. I'm glad we've remembered Jason. Yeah. And are revisiting him. And him and Cheryl. Yeah. Um, Cheryl is due for some of this grief. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we're good, gang. I yeah. Th- I don't think we have anything revolutionary to say about that episode, to be nope. honest. We're sitting with you through it this week. Yeah. Um, all together... All fine. We're fine. We're fine. I'm ready for next week, though. I'm, I'm honestly curious where we're going with the the dead loved ones, like a lot. Yeah, I think that's going to be a fun plot. That surprised me. That yeah. really, really surprised me. All right, Chloe. Um, shall we wrap it up? And gang, uh, thank you for joining us again this week. We'll be back next Thursday. See you next Thursday. This has been Riverdale, gang. Bye bye. Stay cool. <laughs>